Welcome to HubShots, the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot. My name is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems, and with me is my co-host Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. Ian, welcome to episode 41. How are you? Good, thank you, Craig. How are you today? Really good and really excited to introduce another interview with a HubSpotter. That's right. This is a cracker we had with Neeti Shah. Now, Neeti was in the Sydney office about a year ago when we first met her, and now she's actually in the Singapore office. Yeah, and she was out in Sydney just recently for the Grow with HubSpot event, and we were fortunate enough to get some time with her to ask her a few questions. That's right. Now, she covers some really interesting points. The first one is being how to structure teams for top, middle, and bottom of the funnel. Yeah, and also, because she's now in Singapore, she actually was able to give us some interesting insights into government and cultural differences and also opportunities there. And she also mentions big success they had with a slightly different campaign on Product Hunt and how she went about planning it and getting stakeholder involvement and then the results that she got. Yeah, so that and plus a whole lot more. We started by asking Neethi just to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what she's up to. Take it away, Neethi. Sure. So I have been at HubSpot for three years now. I started in the headquarters office in Cambridge when all the marketing team fit into one little room. And since then, we've expanded and I have been along for the journey. So I helped the Sydney team get off the ground last year. And then I just moved to Singapore to do the same there and build the marketing out. Excellent. Now, a lot has changed in three years. What has been the biggest thing that you've seen change? And as I know you've traveled pretty much across three continents. <laughs> One of the biggest changes I've noticed is that I don't recognize every face anymore on the team. There's always an influx of new people every time you go back to Cambridge or even when you come back to Sydney. Um, it's really exciting because it shows how fast the team's growing and how the company's growing. The growth has been massive here. We've just noticed in the last year, just because your office you've changed and then the Suddenly, all these empty desks that we saw a couple of months ago, they're all filled. It has been massive, hasn't it? Yeah, it was so quiet here last year. But it's amazing that now we're already starting to grow out of this space. Have you seen that change your role in the way that you're focused, perhaps? As we get more teams, people get more specialized. So I have noticed that it gives you the chance to get deeper into a skill instead of trying to always wear multiple hats. So there's there's that pro. My role has been interesting because I have been in startup mode with the new offices. So you'll notice that they're at the beginner HubSpot phase where all the marketers are doing multiple things. And then in some of the more mature offices, they're quite specialized. Interesting. And so when you say you've become more specialized, are there particular areas that you have been particularly drawn to? Recently, I've been specializing quite a bit in organic search and top of the funnel. Um, and that's just reacting to where we are in the market. As I was talking to Ian before, I was saying that Singapore, in terms of adoption for digital strategies, is about two and a half years behind where the U.S. is with marketing. Not to say that they're not on top of technology. In some ways, they've actually completely bypassed it by switching much faster to one-to-one apps and you know they're they're using more advanced technology but then the marketing side of it is still a little bit behind so we realized that the first thing we had to do was get found search and be found and so and so i needed to start really honing in on the seo strategy yeah now that's really interesting now if people are starting off 
like you have done looks like a few times. Tell us like some of the key things that people need to look out for. I would say the biggest thing is what we call marketing at HubSpot and that's sales and marketing alignment. If you just go off in marketing land and say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, um, even though it's very valid and very important, um, the first thing in any new business is to talk to sales and make sure that their immediate problems are solved for before you start solving for the end game. Okay, that's really interesting. Now, what if people don't have a sales team? So, for example, for agencies, you really need to do the research first. Know your market. One thing we learned in Singapore that was a little late in the game was that the government offered so many types of grants to small to medium-sized businesses for improving their companies. So everything from grants to work with agencies, get consulting, to grants for software. And not knowing that actually held us back a little bit. And now, you know, we're, we're making up for lost time. Um, but that would have been a really good edge for us when we're entering a market. It would have helped close more deals if we had been able to leverage those tools that the government had out. So even though that doesn't necessarily fall into, say, marketing, it's it's something that you have to think about as an overall strategy. That's first. a fantastic tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most marketers wouldn't. They'd be mm-hmm. just focused on, oh, what's the next social channel? And you're looking at, yeah, geographic and, yeah, governmental factors. That's excellent. Can I come back to an early question mm-hmm. talking about specialising and focus? You mentioned top of the funnel and in the Grow with HubSpot event, that was really clearly defined. Your marketing is broken up into top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom mm-hmm. of the funnel, and you've got specialists across that. Yes. Now, is that something that you have to get to a particular size before you can really think about? Or is it something you should be thinking about early? I think it's early. As soon as you have even three people you can specialize, that's a lot of times how we break up our new teams. We'll we'll start with one or two people that do all of it, and then we'll hire people who start specializing in each of those because it helps to have someone with that experience bringing that into our team. Um, So we just made a hire to really attack the bottom of the funnel. Uh, We call that sales enablement. And so that person is really responsible for that marketing piece that we were missing, talking to sales, making sure that we have the right materials for them, making sure that the government grants are well-defined and across so that reps can then leverage them, things like that that we weren't specialized in and couldn't have done without someone that we bring onto the team. I think even if it's just a one-person team, you need to still think about your activities in top, middle, and bottom, but you don't necessarily have to do it all. You need to pick what's important first, and they're all valid, but you need to prioritize, and I think that's the biggest lesson for small teams. That is really good. Now, I'm going to ask you, is the three people doing top, middle, bottom, do they interact every day? How, what's the interaction like, or do you all kind of just do your own thing? And obviously, you all talk together, but mm. is how, how closely is that interaction? Well, let me tell you, it was just me in Singapore. Yes. So I'm a marketer talking to myself um, and everyone else was based in Sydney or abroad somewhere else. You do end up still talking to everyone quite a bit, especially on the smaller teams. I will say that I noticed in Cambridge, people at the top of the funnel might not necessarily be talking to sales enablement very often. Yeah. Their paths just don't cross because there's so much being done at each stage that there's not necessarily day-to-day communication. But people are pretty good about, you know, the managers will stay in touch and make sure that everyone's across projects that maybe affect both teams, for example. All right. In your experience, what things that you've done have been successful? 
One interesting thing that we did, we launched a tool on Product Hunt. So sometimes even at HubSpot, you get into this bad habit of just sticking to what you know. And it was the same old, hey, let's run a campaign email and we'll do some social media and we'll do co-marketing and we'll do influencer outreach, which is all great. But um, we were holding ourselves back. And so I fell into that trap and my manager actually was like, Nithi, there's this thing called Product Hunt. I know you use it. Why don't we do something with it? I said, no, like, that's not my job. I'm here to, you know, get more leads for ANZ. And yeah. and I got I pushed back quite a bit, but um, eventually it was like, okay, let's just do this. So we decided, uh, basically what I did is I researched the heck out of Product Hunt. Um, and with any new newer platform, there wasn't actually much out there. So we had to go off of a couple inferences and say, okay, there's not necessarily KPIs. I don't exactly know what to expect, so I'm just going to set a bunch of metrics and maybe they'll happen and hopefully I understood it well enough. So then with Product Hunt, we had to pick the right tool. So a lot of times in marketing, you just kind of do the same playbook and it's not always a good fit. With Product Hunt, it was the right product the right person launching it. We had Darmesh Shah yes. launch it. I knew that for him, this would be pretty special because it's something that he built ages ago and then now has been revamped. He's also quite a big fan of more organic communities like Product Hunt. And then we just made sure to get everyone bought in on it across the company. And the day of just completely, even though it's actually a one minute thing, right? Darmesh just posts, posted something up spent about a month and a half planning it on top of every other campaign I was doing. And we got 100,000 visits in three days. We completely smashed the lead gen records. And it was really exciting because here's something that if we hadn't done it, we would have probably not noticed. But this tool wasn't getting as much traction. And then this was that big push that was needed to then get it starting to get, get more regular traffic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about, because there's the setting up a strategy on Product Hunt, mm-hmm. and then there was getting other people to vote on it. And yes. how did you promote that side? So support? The, the thing with Product Hunt is that you can't just lead someone to a link and then get them to upvote it. They have to find it themselves. So if people were upvoting it from the link I sent them that went straight to that Product Hunt, um, they would actually be discounted in the algorithm. So things like that, that we had to kind of figure out ahead of time. What I did first is I reached out to our CTO and you know, when you're reaching out to upper levels of management, it can be a little scary and tricky, but I was lucky enough that I've been there for a while now and I felt comfortable being like, Hey, do you want to do this thing? And with the planning, when you have a stakeholder like that, you need to be flexible. So I built in some extra time knowing that we might have to reschedule a couple of times. The other people we had to buy in, we had to buy in, get buy in from our campaigns team that controls all of our email channels, um, all of our customer communications. Uh, We actually, I reached out to all of my co-marketing partners that I had good relationships with. We got our channel consultants Maybe they sent you an email and they were like, (laughs) yeah, so um, we got them reaching out to partners and anyone that we had goodwill with. We don't ask for sharing that kind of stuff too often. So we thought, okay, this is there's only so many times you could do this and we're going to use up one of our goodwill cards right now. And so it was just getting almost everyone across the company that usually we wouldn't have gotten done, um, gotten in on the same thing. Biggest thing was actually working with the product team. We got them on board right away. 
and they had to they cleared out the servers and made sure that it, they could anticipate traffic. We put some CTAs up there that uh, made sense for the day of like like us go to product hunt and give us a vote, and they could then just take that extra step if they wanted. The product team was actually fixing bugs for twelve hours straight. They didn't sleep. It was midnight in Sydney. They were in Dublin. We had Darmesh over in Cambridge, and yeah, everyone was just in on it, and that's why it was such a success. Okay, now talking about success, we often get asked about ROI, return investment. How has that evolved over time in your role, being a top of the funnel specialist? Yeah, sure thing. Um, it's not always about the leads, and that's something that I found out. At the top of the funnel, there's nebulous things like brand awareness as well. And then that gets into the world of PR. We realized that people in Singapore and even ANZ searched differently. So I was measuring myself on inbound marketing and realized that people were searching for digital marketing. And so we need to change that. And then it was how many contributed content articles can we get up? How many co-marketing people can I meet up with? I actually measured myself on how many coffees a week I had with complete strangers in marketing because that is such a big part of Singapore and Asia is that networking. And it came in very handy because the day of our Girl with HubSpot event, one of our customers had to back out last minute about two hours before. And I went through basically a Rolodex on my phone, which is like, okay. And I called up a couple people. One person just jetted out there 40 minutes away, showed up. Um, Ruben was one of our customers and he just completely blew it away. But um, it's a huge thing. And then they really remember that. And we do too. So when it comes to sales and marketing alignment, this marketing piece, do you think culture in a company has an importance or is a factor on how well it's adopted? Yeah, I think so. Um, Especially when you're coming into a newer office, when we make our sales hires, they're probably coming from more corporate backgrounds. There is this distance between the employee and their manager that can close off communication until they feel comfortable enough Um, So being cognizant that they are not coming from another place like HubSpot most likely um, and adapting to their style helps helps actually open things up a little bit. So I, I had to, you know, observe a lot. I couldn't just go out there and be super American. It really helps when you you're not as brash, I guess, is the way I would put it. Um, That can be off putting if that's not how you've been brought up or how you are culturally. There's a little bit more in terms of gaining someone's respect by following a couple customs. Um, For example, even something as simple as handing someone your business card when you meet them. I now actually, even in Sydney, when I meet new people, I accidentally do a little bit of a bow. It's just little things like that that are really appreciated. And when someone in the office notices that you're adapting to them and you're not asking them to adapt to your culture, it just completely opens things up both ways. All right. What pearl of wisdom you've learned in the last year? I know because you, your years transcend so many. Yeah, um, one pearl of wisdom is prioritize everything before you just take on a project. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is this going to be helping hit immediate results, or is it going to be long term? And then rank everything because you only have so much time on a small team, and every minute matters of your time. Well, there you go. Every minute matters. Great advice from Neethi. Thanks so much for being on the show. Ian, what did you think of that? I think that was gold, Craig. You know what? In uh, in a marketing team, that does matter. You've got to be doing the stuff that makes a difference, right? And every minute you spend doing something that's not relevant, 
you have lost that time. That's right. Prioritize everything. In fact, Kip Bodnar said that back in our interview last episode as well, that whole focus on, uh, I think his words are everything needs to have a suitable bar of importance for you to get your attention. We mentioned in there about having uh, people that didn't have sales teams. And I think she made a clear point. Every business needs to have a sales team, even if it is the marketing person doing it to start off with, like ourselves. And I think that's very clear because you've got to have a sales process, right? And you've got to put a priority on that. That's right. And uh, I really thought how she reiterated that whole top, middle and bottom of the funnel uh, approach as well. That's something that HubSpot's embraced. And that bottom of the funnel is where this marketing piece where they interact between marketing and sales. Uh, That's really important. I thought she uh, articulated that really well. And that's great actionable takeaways for listeners, marketing managers and directors listening to the podcast. This is actually how HubSpot is structuring them, their uh, teams. And so it's working well for them. I think we can all agree on that. And so that's something that we can learn from and, and model in our own businesses. Absolutely. And I think the thing to note is that when you start, you're probably going to be doing all three bits of the funnel, but your aim to grow it so somebody looks after each part of the funnel. Yeah, that's right. Now, I I have to say, talking about HubSpot and their approach to everything, just the way they grow their people just seems amazing, isn't it? Uh, Just to see the growth in people. I mean, we've we've known Neeti for a while and uh, just how much she's grown. I mean, she's just been setting up a Singapore office now. Yeah, that's right. You know what? It clearly shows that they're all for the people. And you look at even Kip from episode 40, like just look at his rise to where he is now, the CMO of HubSpot. It really shows that they really encourage people to develop themselves, to be in the front. Don't be afraid to take the risks, right? And have the right support. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's a, I, I, I consider that a key action item or takeaway for listeners as well from this episode. Just to model in your own businesses how HubSpot are doing it, how they grow their teams. They throw them in the deep end. They put a, uh, a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. They give them lots of support and they grow them. And because the business benefits, then, of course, um, upper management uh, benefits as well, and everyone uh, progresses on their career path. That's right, and I think being very clear with what the outcome is is also very important. So when you have that, everything ties well together. All right. Well, thanks again to Neethi for uh, being part of the interview and uh, giving up some of her valuable time. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'd love to get some feedback from our listeners, wouldn't we? Uh, love you to leave a comment. That's right. Leave a comment, tweet us. Fill out the form on the website. Now, if you want to join our WhatsApp group, there is a form on the website to actually join that. Give us your details, your number, and we'll help you join. We've got a few people in that group now. And also check us out on Instagram because we're there. All righty. Sounds good. Well, until next week, I'll catch you later, Ian. See you, Craig. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.